Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ask Geeks Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Adrian, and with me we have my co-host right here. Spells, how you doing? I'm sleepy, nigga. You know how I'm doing. Yeah, that's facts. I am very tired as well. You know, we got to get these episodes out bright and early. Start your week off right. Hope y'all guys are having a wonderful, wonderful Monday morning. God bless you all. But we are in here to get into these two games. Um, we got the Celtics, Bucks, and the Grizzlies, Warriors. There should probably be like Bucks, Celtics since the Bucks won today. Probably I mean, you can't can say chill. it like that. And it's alphabetical, so it only makes sense. Yeah. I don't know why you put the, oh. the losers' why name first. Why you win in order of the seeding? <laughs> the Celtics, Bucks, Grizzlies, Warriors. That's usually how it goes. I just go in order of seeding. So, you know, it happens. But, um, yeah, let's get to that first game of today, that Celtics-Bucks series. Yeah, that was that, that was a tough series. That was a, that was a tough game one. Uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown didn't look good. Jason Tatum shot awfully, and it was mainly he shot awfully in the paint because usually Jason Tatum, I know, like Jason Tatum likes to get going early and get into the paint, but with Brooke Lopez there and Giannis, it was a no go. Brooke Lopez basically shut down any and everything in the paint, and that's why he's there. And I, and you gotta you gotta respect. That. I think they said um, Boston shot. Yeah, Boston shot like 53s today, and that's not normally Boston's game, but that's Milwaukee's game. Milwaukee gives people open threes, and mm-hmm. they force you to shoot the three. They're like, you're not getting in the paint. You're going to shoot these threes, and it's so crazy that they play that kind of style, and it worked today, so it can't be no complaints there. Yeah, I think uh, off off that the, <coughs> the open three thing that you're saying, I think Giannis – his growth as a ball handler, even though he's not executing like high level moves, just the penetration he gets and his improvement as a passer is helping that because you know when he drives, he's collapsing to at least people into the paint with him, which is pulling people off the three point line, which in turn is creating open looks for his teammates. So I mean I think you saw that. I, I saw one crazy drive where like it was literally his whole body was behind the backboard and he kicked it out <coughs> to the opposite corner on a pretty accurate pass. So I think, you know, that's just one symptom of the the enigma that Giannis has become. And I think it's funny because this time last year, you know, we was on his ass, not knowing that it was the beginning of a finals fucking run. But, you know, we was on his ass and not having like a really good bag. And, you know, it's the same bag, but it's just as effective. And now, you know, we're talking about if he continues on this pace, you know, the hell of being the best player in the league. We're talking about Mount Rushmore status, right? Oh, absolutely, Mount Rushmore status. Um, the thing about Giannis is he's he's grown as a player every year. So the thing about like people were people were saying like two three years ago, you could just build up the wall and you could stop Giannis. They'd be like build up a wall and you could stop Giannis. And we saw the Celtics do that today, and it definitely it definitely made Giannis struggle. Um, Giannis for somebody that usually gets ninety percent of his shots in the paint. He struggled today. He shot 36%. He shot 9 for 25 from the field. But you you talked about it right there. Like, he, he has doubles, triple teams on him, and he made the right pass. Mm-hmm. Giannis, three years ago, is not doing that. He's just running headfirst in the paint, and that shows his growth. You see, he he drives. They, they help, and he's like, all right, I'm going to make this pass. 
And I know a lot of people were comparing it to the KD series last year. Uh, not last year, last series. And, I mean, it's fair, too. Um, there, there's fair points and there's not fair points. Like, yes, we helped off and we doubled and tripled KD. And KD had trouble sometimes fighting that open man. And Giannis would just find them, like, easy. It does also help that there's that their uh, role players were hitting their shots, but at the same time, like you still have to find them. Well, Giannis yeah, had a triple double. I mean, even if you know, he didn't like, find them, KD's issue was the lack of assertiveness in his actions. You know what I mean? Like he he was kind of half in, half out on everything he did on his pull ups. He was like, ah, oh, maybe I should have passed it on his passes. Maybe I should have pulled up. And you can see that when he plays, being honest, shit, even on the. Even he threw the ball off the backboard. I caught that highlight. I was asleep by the time that shit happened. <laughs> but, you know, even he threw the ball off the backboard, he didn't look – he didn't really look like there was a purpose, but didn't really look like he wasn't committed. Like, he was like, oh, well, shit, we here now. I'm out about to throw this motherfucker back in the rim. So, I mean, yeah. it's just like that assertiveness, even when you're off, when you're aggressive, you know what I mean? Your teammate can feed off of that. You know what I mean? But when you're trying to – when you're shrinking away from the moment – then when you're that guy, your teammates kind of naturally do too. So, you know, open shots don't go in and, you know, <clears throat> calls don't go your way. It's like an energy that you're putting out. And as a leader, you have to constantly be putting out that competitive fire. It don't have to be, oh, everything's going our way. It's uh, get the fuck out the way. I'll be damned. If it has to go our way, I would take it. You know what I'm saying? And I feel yeah. like that was the issue that KD was running into until literally game four of last series. And it's something he's going to have to address this summer. It's something that uh, Kyrie's going to have to address this summer. And then uh, that the light-skinned nigga over there is going to have to figure out if he wants to play. And then uh, I ain't talking about Seth. And then we'll, Yeah, we talking about Vince Simmons, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but the thing, the thing about Giannis, too, is he was just he – was, he was crazy. He was just crazy aggressive, crazy dominant. He just did everything. And then you felt his impact on the other end. Um, where Katie, where you're like, okay, Katie and Kyrie, they were not engaged or their offense wasn't like their offense was struggling. Like if Katie go out there and, or Kyrie go out there like last season, they shoot 36%. Most stars, let's say like that, most stars in the NBA today, they go out there and shoot 36%. They had a bad game and they're not really impacting the game. Giannis, mm-hmm. on the other hand, impacted so much defensively that it was just so crazy. Like, you talked about, you just brought up here dunk that put that off the glass dunk. The, right the very next play, they go down court, and he takes a charge. That's your superstar taking a charge immediately after making a highlight offensive play. And you're like, wow, what just, this man just does everything. He, 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 and I kind of, I like what the Bucks did today. I like what the Bucks did today in, or, yeah, um, for the game. And it frustrates me because they put Giannis on Jalen Brown a lot. And Giannis was playing help defense. And he was playing free safety off of Jalen Brown. And you could tell Jalen Brown's hamstring was hurt. Mm-hmm. We didn't know about it in game one. We came, I mean, um, round one. It came out after round one that Jalen Brown had been playing through some tightness. He I was questionable. Tell. Yeah, it was, it was hard to tell. Like, I didn't know. Like, nobody knew that. And they were like, it. He looks question. He's questionable for game one, and everybody's like, "Oh, what happened? Like, what what's going on?" And then they came out. They were like, "Oh yeah, he's been struggling with tightness. We're working through it. We're gonna figure it out." We're like, okay, cool. If JB's cool, we're gonna get through it. And then we go out there, and like all the way up to before the game, they were like, "Yeah, he's." Emay was like, "Yeah, he's gonna start." 
Um, he looks a little uncomfortable, but he says he's gonna go out there and give it all. JB looked uncomfortable out there. He looked extremely uncomfortable, and the fact that they could put Giannis on him and have Giannis just sagging off of him, and Jalen Brown couldn't make him pay, and they just had people literally giving him open shots, people not guarding him and not respecting him like they normally would, and then on the defensive end where he usually impacts as well, he didn't look like himself, which he's known to be a two-way player, and he wasn't a two-way player today. And I was like, golly. Yeah, and that has been concerning considering Middleton's not even in the lineup right now. Exactly. But at the same time, you have to understand that while Giannis very well could average a triple-double for every game of series if he wanted to, it's, it you kind of hope it doesn't average out that way because if it does, then that's a – I, I feel like that would be the more concerning thing. His Giannis's stat line, if I'm a Celtics fan, isn't really my concern, right, because he's Giannis. He has to get off if they're going to be competitive in this series. But if he can consistently produce a stat line like that or just get it done stat line, then that would be concerning because that's the he's not the only thing that you need to stop, but he's he's the mm, I don't really not explain. Like typically you don't want to be like, okay, well, we we can let Giannis get off, but we're not gonna let the team beat us, you know what I'm saying? But like Giannis is feeling that you gotta figure out a way to take momentum away. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you have to and, actually and it take it's hard. We struggle with that today because when Giannis went to the bench, that's normal. In the in the beginning, in the first half, we were like, okay, Giannis went to the bench. We're looking good. We're going to win those Giannis minutes. In the second half, Giannis went to the bench. We didn't win those Giannis minutes. Well, like, when Giannis went to the bench, the Bucks were still outplaying us. And it's like, if Giannis is on the bench, we have to take advantage of that. We can't take advantage of that time without Giannis and build momentum to where they're like, okay, no, nah, we got to play Giannis 40 minutes a game. Because that's how it was with the KD and Kyrie. KD and Kyrie were playing like 44 minutes a game. Yeah, well, and then Giannis is, not, is playing under 40 minutes. construction, though, right? That like, is also true there. When we talked about the Nets last round, and the issue was, you know, KD had to run 48 minutes because there wasn't nobody really there to give him a spell because Kyrie was cold. And then, like, outside of those two, they was cold. Like, so even if Giannis got cold today, right? You you got motherfuckers that can, that can get you another ten, another ten fifteen. You know, as a collector, yeah. Drew you Holiday got went out and got twenty five. Bobby Portis got fifteen. My biggest thing is I don't think the Celtics are gonna shoot this poorly again because again they shot fifty threes and the fifty threes isn't my concern. It was really on as well like they shot poorly from two as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they shot eighty four total shot spells and only made twenty eight of them as a team. Mm. Eighty four shots, twenty eight of them as a team. And it's not like, yes, the Bucks are playing spectacular defense, so are the Celtics. Cause the Celtics' defense still looks spectacular. Mm-hmm. We couldn't hit an open shot. Like, there was there was plenty of times where we had wide open shots because, like I said, the Bucks are just, like, daring us to shoot, and we couldn't capitalize. Not yeah. one player on our team shot well. We had Peyton Pritchard, who's a, probably our best shooter on our team, two for eight from the three. Jason Tatum was struggling, obviously. Jalen Brown, Al Horford, Marcus Smart. Like, the list goes on. Everybody struggled offensively today, and I just don't see – that's why I'm not too concerned with this game one. Uh, people are like, oh, yeah, this game was different. I'm like, yeah, we need to get that punch in the mouth. Um, offensively, we look bad. Defensively, we looked all right. Uh, the only problem I had defensively, I saw it a couple times. I saw Marcus Smart get upset a couple times to where their rotations were too early. Mm-hmm. Let's say Giannis drove, and he might have got – he was about, like, five feet away from the basket, I believe, on one of these plays. He kicked it to the corner. 
Marcus Smart goes and helps and everything, and there's no rotation after that. And because they instantly went to go double Giannis after he was like five feet away from the basket. They double Marcus Smart rotates down. Nobody else rotates afterwards, and we're like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And email even talked about it after the game. He said, I feel like some of our rotations went too early. Like, we doubled too early, and they just made that extra pass because they already knew we were doubling, and then it was just an open three for them or an open drive or open whatever. for It was an open shot for them and, regardless. Their and, offense was too easy. Another thing is fucking Milwaukee's guards are all really, really tall and long. Like, even Drew Holiday – is a yes. standard size for a guard. He's not like your typical combo guard that you see now that's six three and under. He's like six four, six five. So I mean, and then he's the small. He's like typically the smallest person on the court at all times, right? Am I tripping? Is nah, uh, yeah. I I don't know. I think I think Grayson Allen might be a little about the same height of him, a little smaller because Grayson. Well, Grayson Allen's like six four, so I guess yeah. Yeah, that's but I right. mean, it, the, my point being that they have a. Everybody on the court can pretty much dribble, pass, and shoot, quote unquote. You know, dribble, pass, and score, right? So the defensive, like the when you the rotation, it's just a different feel. It's a feel thing, right? The last team they played, they have only had so many ball handlers, so the rotation, you know, it just had to, it just felt different. This team's a little bit yeah, more. There's a lot more shooters as yeah. well because you like you don't have somebody like Claxon or. And the team emphasizes or, moving the ball better than the Nets did as well. Oh, so, absolutely. Yeah. So, like, you got Giannis driving to the paint, and you're kicking it out to, like, Grayson Allen or kicking out to Drew Holiday or Bobby Portis or Wesley Matthews or Brooke Lopez. All those people on the court can shoot. Like, you're kicking it out to them. You're not kicking it out to Andre Drummond and Claxton yeah. or Brown or whatever. You're kicking so, it out to certified shooters. Yeah, so I'm just saying, like, yeah, y'all, y'all rotations might have been a step slow or whatever. But it's also just nature of the beast. You know, you're playing a more efficient offense. So, fuck it. Yeah, they just got to change. They just got to change. Because they gave, they gave them the same look that they gave the Nets. And Emei's a good coach. And he's a defensive-minded coach. So, there's no way he gives that same look um, tomorrow. So, well, Tuesday. So, tomorrow. There's, there's no way he gives that same exact look. He's going to – it's definitely going to be a different – it's definitely going to be a different look Milwaukee's going to get. And we're going to have to see how that goes. Maybe that look looks better. We do need to play better offensively, but we need to move on to this next game. Yeah. Warriors-Grizzlies. Um, Great fucking game. Yeah, it was. It was a very, very entertaining game. We finally saw the stars of Memphis show up. Uh, Jared Jackson Jr. didn't – we didn't get a game like this all series first round. He was always in foul trouble. He was always doing some, but this game we got 33-10 and 10 from him. Jog gave up 34, 9, and 10. He didn't shoot the best because you saw the Warriors sagging off of him early. Like, they put Draymond on him before Draymond got ejected, and they had him, like, guarding him. It was like, Draymond's a big body. Like, you're going to have to drop to the paint to Draymond. Draymond can't keep up with him, obviously, on the perimeter, but obviously they were like, shoot, Jaw. We're going we to make you shoot the jumper. And... Yeah, that that that, yeah. that, that was interesting. I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, it's. I like that defense. You you like that? I like I like I like that defensive decision to put Draymond on him early. Um, I mean, I like putting Draymond on whoever the fucking best player is, not the person's team. I agree, because it's like obviously Jaws more explosive, but Draymond's laterally quick enough, and (coughs) he's just smart as hell, man. I was watching him on offense. 
And I was just watching what he, how quick he makes decisions with the ball and how quick he makes decisions off ball to make an impact on the actual play going on. And like, it's not a lot of wasting move. It's not a lot of wasting moving with Draymond, man. So I think that's another thing to consider when how considering how close this game was. He didn't play the whole second half. So yeah, because he got ejected off a. Of, I saw a lot of people complaining about his ejection. Like we've seen people do worse. We've done like that. Yes, yes, yes. But, but you know who my you thing are. Is, yeah, you know who you are. That's what I'm about to say. You Draymond can't get away with the same thing somebody else does. Like let's say. Excuse me. Let's say it was like Steph that did that foul. Yeah. Steph isn't getting ejected. Clay's not getting ejected. Even Andrew Wiggins isn't getting ejected for that kind of play. But Draymond has that reputation of being kind of like a dirty player do- doing cheap shots. And the slow motion made it look worse than it actually was. Like he swiped, slapped him in the face, and then sw- threw his arm again and like almost ripped his jersey and pulled him down. So obviously Draymond helped him up afterwards and was like, "My bad, my bad." Mm-hmm. But it, you, you know who you are. Yeah, I mean, you know who you are, and I mean the refs. I feel like looking at shit and <clears throat> I feel like when you look at things in the replay, I mean, I guess it looked at and it still determines your flagrant too. But it's just like, <coughs> I don't know if I'm going to be malicious and then help the person not about to be malicious, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and Which is a exactly. point, like, part of the context for a flagrant foul is malicious intent. But uh, with that being said, it being a first half ejection, he should still be able to play next game, right? Yeah, there's, no, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, you don't have to Yeah, no, no, no. He's not going to get suspended or anything, but it's just... It's just crazy to me. But even you saw how bad they missed Draymond with their offense. But you with Jordan Poole taking this next step, like, yeah, they, they, they pick up so much offensively. Mm-hmm. And he's such a good ISO scorer. Not only can he work within the system, he's a, he's a great ISO scorer. And if you remember, like, those 2017-2018 Warrior systems, and obviously he's like light years away from KD, but I'm saying he fills that role to where you have a you have that <laughs> you like stop saying people ball. light years away from KD. He is as a scorer. Um, I mean, we, he is, but we gotta we gotta we gotta name another nigga, man. After fucking. Well, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying because it, it, of the role. Keep his brain, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because of the role he's playing, Jordan Poole slipped into that role. Because mm-hmm. they needed that player that's gonna be like that third, that third what's it called Splash Bro, who can also just ice on go get a bucket at the end of the shot clock. Because yes, as much as I love Clay, you don't see Clay's not gonna put the ball on the court and ice go to go get that shot. He's gonna, two, he gonna run in the off offense, catch, catch he's get in the bucket. Yeah, he or then he's gonna pass it back or he's gonna reposition. Like he'll move around. We're not saying he can't get. Like he'll take those two dribble. He didn't get the shot. He'll pass it. He'll run around, try to get in position. Post up, take two dribbles right there, fade away or whatever. But he's gonna try to find a shot another way. And you have Wiggins who can ISO a bit, but he don't got that jumper like Jordan Poole does. So when you have Jordan Poole who's been stepping up, go out there and drop thirty, and you're like on a night where Clay can't hit anything, he's struggling offensively. You have Steph not shooting the best either, and Steph hit some big shots later in the game. But you know he was throughout the game, you can see he was struggling to have Jordan Poole go out there. And be your best offensive player and be your best player, period. It's kind of crazy. It's just like you have a team with Steph and Clay on it, and Jordan Poole goes out there and drops 31 8 9. 
on 50% from the three and 60% from the, um, what's called, field goal. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's just crazy for him to go out there and just go crazy. Yeah, I love it, man. I, I love watching the uh, the natural integration of his, in, I guess, his induction into their, their splash trio now. Um, because, you know, at first it was kind of out of necessity. Clay wasn't really playing. And then Steph had missed some time too, so you know it wasn't really a a big deal. And then all three were back healthy, right in time for postseason basketball. You're wondering how it's going to work out because this is really Jordan Poole's first experience in the postseason with these veterans. And um, I mean, damn, it's it's working out almost seamlessly. And you got to wonder how much of this was division when they first drafted Jordan Poole because this type of a this type of result is to like what you kind of get when you have like vision meeting with alignment from the top down. So meaning, you know, the, the, the Warriors G league affiliate being part of the development, even though Jordan Paul was, he was a first round pick, right? Like pick 28. So yeah, he was first round 28th pick. Yep. So, you know, you, you pick somebody in the first round on the of a flyer with a vision and then, you know, you see steady improvement and then you, yep. It's onto your coach to create the execution. Right as far as integrating him into the scheme in the locker room and shit like that. I mean, it's just uh, not the dick ride, but just hats off to the Warriors, man, because we used to talk about the sport, the Spurs being this place for, uh, you know, player development, but I mean, the Warriors, in terms of a homegrown program, have probably been less, the most successful in, what, the last 10 years? What? Oh, yeah, easily the last decade has been you know the Warriors, I mean? and, and it's crazy because the Warriors took a flyer, like you said, on Jordan Poole because he wasn't the popular selection. Everybody thought of him as a second-round talent when the mm-hmm. draft was coming out. And when he got drafted, everybody was like, oh, we don't know about that. Why'd y'all do that? Like, Warriors, yeah, we know y'all are usually good about these things, but we don't know about this one because you're taking a 6'4 guard who's not going to probably be the best defender, who is only an okay scorer, and we don't know. He's not the most crazy athlete. You already got Steph and Clay. Like that doesn't this, this pick doesn't make sense when you could have went out and got somebody else. He was looked at as a second round talent. But then you look at them now and you're like, hold up. Everybody was wrong. Cause mm-hmm. I not not a single person did I see not a single person was over there hype for Jordan Poole. Everybody was basically calling him like a no go. And then when he came out on the scene, he was just hooping and he developed with the Warriors properly, you're like Alright, so maybe the Warriors knew what they were doing and they 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 knew he how he fit with their system. And that's the biggest thing about the Warriors. You see when they bring other big names in and they don't work, you're like, Oh, well, why didn't that player work? Why like think of a player like D'Angelo Russell, six five guard, can score, can pass, can do everything, but D'Angelo Russell didn't really work in the Warriors system. There's been plenty of players that they brought in and out that's came in, came out that's been with the Warrior system that didn't fit their system. Like, I mean, yeah, but he was young. He was drafted there. But, yeah, like I'm saying, there's different players. Well, Harrison Barnes wasn't drafted there. He was drafted to the Kings. But um, No, he was drafted to the Warriors. I don't think so. He was drafted to the Warriors. It was like first round, like seventh pick or whatever. Something like that. He was drafted to the Warriors, and then he got uh, got moved around. Sacramento? Yeah, he went to the Mavericks okay. first and then got traded to Sacramento. Yeah, that's what happened. That's what happened. But yeah, that it was it was that, and I mean a lot of it was just. <clears throat> I think a lot of it because <clears throat> it's like kind of what you look at with Andrew Wiggins because you're talking about Jordan Poole. <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> 
a lot of it was just kind of like a, a mental thing. You know what I mean? I think if Andrew Wiggins ended up there instead of the Timberwolves, if he wasn't looked at as like as the primary scorer as a rookie coming in, you know, you'll see some of the same habits he's displaying now defensively and doing things off ball and shit. It's just it's organization and player. It's really that fit is really more important than you think. Like there's only thirty teams in the NBA, so oh, it's like absolutely. It's not like every team like look at the fucking Kings. There's hardly a player that the Kings franchise. Yeah, you know what the I'm saying. Kings like those no, and the Jazz. I no don't player want to should really franchises. want to go there if they want their career. I mean, like imagine what De'Aaron Fox would be under. Yeah, if he got he got a better system. Like you see it all the no, time. Like when that, you see fuck that, for real, like, for real. Like look at yeah, no, no, I'm dead serious. Like like I, like you just said about the Wiggins thing with the T Wolves. If you look at the Wiggins thing with the T Wolves, he was loved with the mid range shot. There was a lot of yes, there was a when he won Rookie of the Year. There was other things that looked good, but there was a lot of flaws in his game. Mm-hmm. Look at somebody like Kevin Knox with the Knicks. He looked good in summer league, but then it he looked awful after his rookie year because it was like. They told Kevin Knox to go out there, we're tanking, just shoot your shots, do as much. And they let they gave Kevin Knox the keys mm-hmm. and they didn't fix his bad habits. So you just gave him more minutes in his bad habits doing this, this, and this. He plays a season, he gets used to doing these bad habits and just getting used to these bad habits. Then y'all start getting better and then these bad habits didn't go away. And you're like, Hold up, you're getting older. Why aren't these why aren't you getting better? And it's like those bad habits are still there. Yeah, and that's even like, if you got bad, like you gotta fix those. But that's what happens when you have an extended tankathon, right? That's why <coughs> mostly everybody out that that Sam Hankey led Philly team got jettisoned off because you can't you can't replace those experiences. You know what I mean? You can't replace three years of losing habits, even if it's just those habits are like your coaches fucking up the rotation and shit. Like you can't replace those those losing habits. So you got to kind of clean house like. So, I mean, we, we got got off on a tangent on this construction. Yeah, we did go on a tangent. Going yeah. back to the game, the ending of the game, um, there was a lot of controversial things that happened at the end of the game. Don't leave it in the rough hands. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, exactly. Don't leave it in the ref's hands. But even through all the controversy, shout out to Clay Thompson because on that last play, not only did he hit a big shot, um, on that very last game, like when Jaw tried to go up for the game winner, that it, it was amazing. It was a it was amazing defense by Clay. If you watch the play, and I had to go back and rewatch the play, it looked so good. Clay is going. I think it was Brandon Clark was up there. He got the pass. He was throwing a bounce pass to Jaw, so Jaw could have a full head of steam with like three seconds left. Clay did not follow Brandon Clark at all. He was he 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 was looking like he was about to go fall. Um, go up there with Brandon Clark. The second Brandon Clark got the ball. If you go back and watch the video, Clay is already running in the be- in between Jaw and the basket to cut him off because Clay already knows he. Because I'm like Clay's a good defender. He's a smart defender, and everybody on the court is like it's easier to say, yeah, you know where the ball is going, you know where to be. But we just saw it last series, Anthony Edwards in a similar situation, and he went for the steal and took himself out of the play. Gave Jaw a free, like, like free look at the rim, and it's like you don't do that. You just gotta go put your body in there. There's only three seconds left. Clay, you see a vet versus a young person. Clay just he doesn't go for the steal. He doesn't try to make a play. He gets in between Jaw in the basket. Jaw's coming down to full speed. He just stays in front of Jaw. It might have been some contact, whether you want to say there was contact or not. But he goes and plays good defense and doesn't give Jaw a good look at the rim. And 
yeah, obviously the help defense comes over. It was like two more Warriors. But Clay, shout out to Clay. Clay, Clay made the play of the game with that right there. And I just think it. I just thought when I saw that, I thought it was so interesting because I was like, it's just you see the same situation. Yeah, exactly. Like you, you, you see the same situation. Like I said, Anthony Edwards was in a similar situation and he made the wrong move. Mm-hmm. Clay's in a very similar situation. He made the right play. Jaw hits the layup on Anthony Edwards. He makes the wrong play. Jaw misses the shot against Clay because Clay plays good defense and is there in the right play. And I was just like, man, that's crazy. It's night and day. It was, yeah. it was just wonderful. Anthony Edwards should have been watching that game. He should, he should definitely be paying attention and learning something. Yeah, but the, the Warriors, you can tell they watch a lot of film. Just because they always, <coughs> and not because they're like calling out sets or anything, but they're just a lot. They have really good situational awareness, <coughs> and um, I think that's something that's drilled through habits of just having like the dumps that you do pointed out to you. You know what I mean? So it's just kind of second nature to avoid it. Uh, but they have a lot of good winning habits, and I mean, really good basketball IQ on the court a lot of times. And I don't like to overreact off of like off of one game. Because we were just talking about that with the Celtics Bucks series, but this game in this matchup in this series, I think Game One kind of tells you a lot about how the rest of this series is going to go. Because like we said, Draymond didn't play second half. Uh, fucking two of the two of their best defenders was like fucking in foul trouble. Three fouls in the first half. Um, Jared Jackson played the best game we've seen. Yep. And, playoffs. and he's six eleven, still playing like he's six nine, so that's still yeah. not. Uh, I was talking about that during the game. Uh, my wife wasn't really paying attention because I talk a lot during the game. She doesn't pay attention to what I say. Uh, I was sitting there talking. I was like, they have John. They were running so many sets with Jonathan Kaminga as the tallest player on the court. Mm-hmm. They were running Jonathan Kaminga at center and Gary Payton the second at um, what's called power forward, and I'm like. What are you doing, Jared Jackson Jr.? You are 6'11". Jonathan Kaminga is not 6'11", obviously. Gary Payton is only like 6'3". I think Jonathan Kaminga is like, what, like 6'7", 6'8"? And it's mm-hmm. like, you're 6'11", and Jonathan Kaminga's a wing. I think Jonathan Kaminga yeah. was like 6'... Uh, he might be 6'8". <laughs> yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. But that's a, that's a wing, a, a small forward guarding yeah. a big. And it's like, he still... Yes, he still had 30, but... I felt a lot of times he was settling for jumpers. He was settling. He wasn't being aggressive because there were so many sets where the Grizzly came out and somebody else, the ball didn't even touch Jared Jackson Jr.'s hands on the possession. And I'm like, they have this mismatch. Work the ball through the post. And if that's not something Catch you're the comfortable ball, doing, then... I'm, yeah, that's that's different. But I'm like, I just feel like as a 6'11", you should be. I know it's cool nowadays point. to that's be the, the, the shooters and everything else. You don't work on your post game, but you need to work on that post game. Because I'm not even saying to be aggressive with the scoring. I'm saying if they help, make that pass. You got shooters yeah. open. Because if make you got a 6'7", come on now. Make, make it a threat. Like, they shouldn't... You're 6'11", right? So, like... You're right, man. They they should have been able to post them out of that out of that lineup. You know what I mean? You got Kaminga and Peyton as your big men. Then it's we should be punishing these motherfuckers, and we should make the coach Kirby like, all right, something got to change. You know what I mean? And you should be able to. It is what it is. That's a coaching adjustment that you would think Memphis would make. Um, you know, at yeah, least point out in the oh. film room, but it's up to Jackson to to adjust. And if he's not comfortable there, then it's not going to make a a a tangible impact this series because he's not going to make good reads out of it. 
So I mean, well, yeah, we got to get him aggressive in there. But at the same time, his shooters did struggle. So I will give him the benefit of the doubt there. Um, Tyus wasn't shooting that well. Desmond Bain struggled, and Dylan Brooks struggled, and it was in foul trouble. So I will try to be like, okay, maybe his shooters weren't doing this, or maybe they were like, okay, let's try to get other things. But I don't, I don't know. To me, it still just doesn't make sense. Yeah. It is what it is, but, man. But you got anything else in that game? Nah, nah. We got. We well, let's go ahead and wrap it up. Um, as always, this is the Ask Geeks podcast. Always, always, always remember to respect women, but most importantly, remember to respect yourself. Cause simping ain't pimping, and we out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>